Guys, we made it. We finally launched our very own Patreon so that you can become a sponsor of Hola Pato. We've set up different membership tiers so that our supporters can help us with as little as $1 for every episode. This will not only help us a lot, but will allow you to enter exclusive giveaways and gain access to our upcoming Discord. And we say upcoming because we're still trying to figure out how that works. Jesus Christ. Uh, if you can afford a bit more and pay around $5 for every episode, you can join the next tier and become an official sponsor of the podcast. Sponsors will enjoy all the benefits of a supporter, plus exclusive discount codes for upcoming merch drops, and of course, be credited in every episode. And last but not least, the hardcore fans out there, like my mom and like my auntie, they can now subscribe to the top tier and become a producer of the show. Producers will enjoy all the benefits of a supporter and a sponsor, and on top of that, they will receive exclusive behind-the-scenes updates and will be able to send feedback and suggest topics to make the show better. Head now to patreon.com slash holapato or use the link in the description below. Choose your tier and subscribe to your monthly membership so that you can start enjoying all the cool things that we have ready for you. Once again, head to patreon.com slash holapato and become a part of our vlog, or as we like to call it, La Bandada, which sounds really badass. I've talked many times about the contribution of AK into the to the to the tattoo industry, especially in Berlin, but I think one could argue worldwide too, right? It's weird for me as a as the owner of a tattoo studio to be talking about another studio, you know, and give it so high praise. But I I could not be where I am without AKA, not only um, due to having had the chance to work there and kind of seen what was lacking in my in my mental picture of what a studio should be, but also uh, because probably I would not even tattoo if it wasn't for AKA uh, being around at the time where I, you know, decided that that could be a path for me. Um, but, you know, it's very difficult to imagine or actually understand the, the, the contributions of the studio without really having a clear idea of how the world looked before uh, AKA, right? So, this week, I'm getting finally my 10th anniversary present to myself as a tattooer. I am um, getting my hands finally done. More on that another day. But it made me uh, realize, you know, how crazy it is for, for younger people that, that it took me 10 years to actually um, give this to myself, which I've wanted since forever you know and nowadays people just go ahead and get facial tattoos hand tattoos finger tattoos neck tattoos um, as their first second fifth tattoo and 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 it's just a testament on, on how much things have changed uh, socially how people look at tattoos how um, they've changed also from a from a from a client's perspective right 
and it i don't know i i think it it sent me sorry about the the coughing my voice is is clearly much better but still not quite there um so yeah i think reaching this milestone has made me has has essentially sent me um how, how do you call it like uh into memory lane down memory lane thinking a little bit about about the time when I started, right? I, I moved to Berlin, I think, 12 years ago, if I'm not mistaken, on in February, I want to say, of uh, 2011. And um, it took me kind of a year, like, this is a, a long, long story for another day, but I, I did not plan to stay that long, obviously, like no one in Berlin. Uh, people end up you know, in a in a twelve year long party in the city, um, I was just coming for I don't know. I thought maybe between six months, maximum a year, and and yeah, I I ended up staying. Um, so past the first year, I did not really have a plan on on what I would do uh, in Berlin, and I uh, didn't have the language skills that I needed to to fall back on my on my line of work let's say that what I used to do in Barcelona which was our direction right so yeah after this year trying to figure out what I wanted to do um, and exploring several options by 2012 uh, I was already toying around with the idea of tattooing <clears throat> not really committed to it yet um, but but yeah, at the beginning of the year, I was I was uh, really testing the waters to see if that is something that I could do, and yeah, I fell in love with the ritual, with the process, with the with the with the with the people that I got to know um, in 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 these first few weeks or months. So I decided to pursue it more seriously, and it wasn't until the end of 2013 where. Uh, when arguably way too soon I got the opportunity to becoming a, a resident of a really small studio that was opening. Um, yeah. And um, so essentially when I say, yeah, I was thinking now, shout out Mauro, shout out Studio 2701, um, Salon 2701, sorry. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, so so essentially, when people ask me like, "How long have you been tattooing?" I, I don't count this kind of weird year, year figuring things out. I decided to celebrate uh, my tenth anniversary as a professional tattooer. Um, so I look around, and it's it it doesn't it doesn't sound that crazy, right? It's only ten years. I mean, I know a lot of young people um, listen to this listen to this and I, and I and I think 10 years for them is a lot but to me it's not that much but in tattoo years it feels like 25 or 30 years I don't know the the city and 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 the landscape have changed completely since since the year I started um, a little bit of the of the online presence that we have today kind of started back then right um, I could see, by being in Berlin, I could see through the internet that around me somewhere uh, were incredible things happening in tattoos. And, and a little bit the same, 
the same, I don't know, like pathways that we have nowadays is, is the ones that we had back in the day. I mean, um, Facebook was still a thing. Instagram was kind of starting. Um, hashtags were huge and it was the best way to, to, to know the new hashtags that you have to just to look out for was the best way to to come across the work of incredible tattooers and i kept on seeing everything that people send me like whoa look at this this doesn't even look like a tattoo a lot of those things were in berlin but nowhere to fucking be found um i i have the the feeling that online everything was thriving but offline uh contemporary tattooing was absolutely in the shadows um I have the feeling before AKA was the first, like opened up the first space where they kind of um, converged this idea of contemporary tattooing uh, with the idea of your neighborhood, your neighborhood, your neighborhood's uh, tattoo studio in the sense that it was you know, a, a, a walk-in welcoming studio. You could access it from a ground floor. Uh, you didn't have to go to obscure corridors and, and through like staircases to a, to what was supposed to be a private flat. It was really, it looked like a shop and it, and it felt like a shop and their relationship to the neighbors and to the people in the shops around was that of a shop, but it had that vibe that that only like underground spaces and and private ateliers had, right? Until that moment, yes, you could find artists that were doing uh, unique things, but they were either working out of places where you should not have been working, in a, in a sense, um, or they were absolutely isolated, um, working out of their private spaces because they were sick and tired of being, um, I don't know, like, necked uh, in, 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 a, in a more traditional tattoo shop, in a way, which was my, my case, right? I was a little bit, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of pushed around because I was a weird guy trying to do something that was not really fitting any, any genre, and... I, I had the feeling that I had to de develop despite the advice and the constant um, comments of people around me um, trying to push me to, to do things that were a little bit more, I don't know, commercially successful or that were more appealing, mainstream appealing or whatnot. So I think <clears throat> like myself, a lot of other people felt like they needed to be on their own so that they could they could grow and they could thrive and they could find their own voice. So the idea of being in a in a space where not only you're not pushed down by by the people that you work with, but the other way around, you're you're elevated and you're surrounded by like-minded individuals with different styles that will push you and challenge you and make you grow. This was absolutely non non-existing. Um, so yeah, you, you, you had all, all the artists, I think, but they were scattered and especially not really networking with one another, right? Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. 
Skillshare is the online learning community that's helped millions to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and find new opportunities to launch their careers. Skillshare has tons of classes on things like illustration, video editing, marketing, graphic design, and social media, just to name a few. And they all range in level depending on how much knowledge you have on each subject. Most of the classes offered at Skillshare are under 60 minutes and their catalog is always growing with new premium classes by top-tier teachers, including a few celebrities. Sign up for Skillshare and start learning today. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can now get a 30% off your annual Skillshare membership by clicking the link in the description below and using the promo code ANNUAL30AFF. That is promo code ANNUAL, the number 30, AFF. Our new sponsor, Cake is finally here and I'm gonna try not to laugh because I'm 12. I'm really excited about this one. I don't know that I've told the story ever, but do you guys know how I met my wife? Uh, The day I arrived to Berlin, I was supposed to crash on a friend's couch and his roommate opened the door and gave me the biggest hug. And that coming from a German girl, crazy. That was it for me. We've been together ever since. That was what, like 12 years ago? Do you wanna know what has kept us going all these years? What's the key to a happy marriage? communication it's actually communication but something that definitely helps is keeping things fun in the bedroom that can never harm right but how can you do that after so many years when life gets complicated and you're exhausted and frankly out of shape well cake has you covered cake is on a mission to help the world have more fun sex with their awesome products tailored to helping couples try something new fun and different every single time but not only they help you and your partner Cake also has your back when you need some me time with formulations, toys, and specialty products designed to try a specific new sexual experience every time you go on a date with yourself. Visit hellocake.com or use the link in the description below to find out why 84% of their customers directly attribute cake products to a better sex life. That's hellocake.com. The, the type of, of studios that, that existed were completely different. Um, you had these almost like genre shops, or maybe we could call them like multi-genre uh, shops because you, you had, the, you had the, the hardcore ones is, were the ones where in this shop we only do American traditional or in this shop we only do, I don't know, like, um, how is that shit called the, the biomechanical or whatever? In this shop, we only do uh, realism. The the most modern type of, of shop that you could find around 2013, 14 was um, the one in which they had different artists. Each one covered one or two genres. And then maybe each of them had their own uh, personal style, they used to call them. And yeah, you had usually the combination was someone that made, um, how did they call it? Like, uh, black small or something like this, it was for what, what eventually would end up uh, turning into into fine line or maybe ignorant style. So you had someone 
that used to do these things. Then you had someone that made uh, traditional and new traditional. You had someone who made black and gray and uh, ornamental mandalas and all that crap. And what else? And you had <clears throat> someone that, that usually made um, realism and I don't know what else. Right, and each of them um, had a little bit of a weirder take that was, you know, kind of the party of the month when they got to do one thing from their flash sheet. And for the most part, it was reserved for trading with other tattooers or tattooing friends or stuff like that. Um, so if you were keen on, on developing your own style or voice or, or having like a consistent body of work, you were always seen like the disaster at the studio in the sense that that you were the one that was the less busy, the, the least busy. Um, you were the one that seemed like couldn't make an effort for the well-being of the shop. Of course, shops that operated with percentage and that profit only when you're working out of your percentage, right? So it felt like, like you were being kind of selfish because of not wanting to do things that were more mainstream, mainstream opinion, and that that's you know, that's that that was in a way affecting the the the, the growth of the studio and the possibility to to invest in new equipment and new material and whatnot. So I feel like because of being always that artsy guy in a lot of shops is why I started to gravitate so much uh, towards management because I felt like, look, I'm not the grinder here, not that I cannot work my ass off, but it's just what I do, um, you know, cannot be, sell, uh, cannot be sold like hot dogs. So I, I always try to bring, uh, try to, to bring something else to the table and I was like, I don't know, but better at, at, at project management and organizing things and I was responsible so I always kind of naturally took out that, that role of, of uh, improving the systems of the studio and whatnot and, and eventually I became so good at it that, they, that the offers um, started, you know, getting on the table like, hey, do you want to do this for real and, and be the official manager at the studio and whatnot. So, that's why so early on I started combining always being the manager at the studio and being a resident, which at the time sucked. But right now I think is the key to why I'm not drowning, um, you know, combining the, 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 the position of running the studio and being a, a resident at Iragana. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I, I guess that what I'm what I'm seeing these days is Berlin is getting a little bit weird and it seems like you know appointments are kind of slowing down and people are moving out and and everyone is kind of already has relegated to the idea that the algor the algorithm on Instagram doesn't work anymore so why should we even try? And I have the feeling that it's older people that are kind of reacting and, and not just giving up and going like, okay, so what now? 
Is it TikTok? Uh, do we have to dance? Where do I need to move? Do I need to send newsletters? Do I need to print flyers and stick it in, in, in traffic lights? What are we doing? Um, and, I, and I have the feeling that the reason why they're a little bit more proactive with finding a solution is because they remember tattooing before this golden era. Um, I think many of the younger tattooers they started tattooing when, when Instagram was already super established as a, as a great tool um, to, to find new customers. And it was, yeah, relatively easy to, to grow and, and go from zero to hero um, as, a, as, a, as a new tattooer. And the idea of these tools and these system that was in place not being any more reliable reliable any longer reliable it's it's really scary we we walk into the unknown the dark hole and yeah from someone that was here from before all that was in place there is life there was life i mean it wasn't as good but it had also great moments and you know the hustle was there also in the in the heights of of instagram you know uh, it also brought a lot of effective but really annoying things so i don't know people have been getting tattoos for thousands of years they will continue this will still all be around once instagram disappears and um, we'll find ways to find each other to continue to connect exchange knowledge and collectors will continue to definitely find ways to, to reach us and get work done by us. So, I don't know. It's um, more annoying than, than scary, the idea of having to kind of figure out everything again. But I think never losing that ability to start from zero and adapt to a new situation is what is is the best type of of safety you can have any any one selling the idea of 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 security and safety is not actually selling safety but just the illusion of safety nothing is safe and the best thing you can do if you want to make sure you're gonna be fine is just invest in your ability to learn fast, to adapt, to not spend too much time pulling your hair and asking why, 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 and being in denial and just accept the circumstances and go like, okay, we're here, the situation sucks, let's figure out how to come out of it. And um, yeah, I think I just wonder, you know, how this generation of tattooers that, that grew up in a, in a thriving city with a lot of spaces where not one but a lot of contemporary tattooers could, could work and learn together and they, didn't, they were not, I don't know, um, ridiculed or, or you know, sent to, to hide somewhere in a basement will this generation be a way more technical generation than, than ours? Is Berlin such a DIY city 
because there was this this need for doing things differently and we didn't get the support of professional tattooers at the time and we had to kind of learn from one another in places that were not um, conventional and professional tattoo studios are the tattooers of the future in a way in berlin um, gonna be way more equipped to to take care also of of technical aspects because they 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 had access to that to that uh, more conventional settings to to spaces where they could learn together and have that communal experience and i i guess the most interesting question is will they because of having a better technical background lose the rawness and that like diy zero fucks given energy that berlin has as a tattoo capital it's really i don't know i'm really curious to see how berlin as a whole will change as a result of things opening up thanks to spaces like aka um yeah but whatever rumblings of an old man that is celebrating his 10th anniversary as a professional tattooer that's all the time we got this week um you know the drill like follow comment uh link to patreon in the description and yeah new merch that you can also purchase to support the podcast uh that's it for today i'll see you guys next week Wait, boop, 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 boop.